Welcome to Saints and Sisters, a conversational podcast about faith, moral compass, and the role that God plays in our lives. Follow along as we explore different books and literature, scripture, and the current headlines as guideposts. I'm Sherry, sister number two. My husband and I live in Iowa City with our 11-year-old daughter. I moved out to Iowa nearly 14 years ago to go to graduate school after having been raised in northeastern Oregon by a Catholic mom and Mormon dad. These days, I work as a consultant in higher education, have a side gig as an adjunct professor, and also write for the local mom's blog. If my faith and I had a relationship, its Facebook status would be, it's complicated. I was raised Catholic, baptized, First Communion, regular confession, CCD, weekend youth retreats, Christmas pageants, confirmed, and then, plot twist, baptized again at age 18 as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This was the summer before I went away to college. In the years that followed, I left both churches and currently don't practice anything. I had points in my life where I was 100% sure what I believed. I was a great cheerleader for the faith. Only recently have I come to realize that my motivation for seeking a faith community has always been about having a sense of belonging and acceptance. I wanted to be accepted by my friends, my boyfriend, the adults in my life, my peers. I sought acceptance from others and comfort in the ritual of church, but I can't necessarily say I've ever felt a pure personal connection to God. I don't feel I belong in either church, and I feel foolish about being baptized twice. It's scary to admit that I don't really know where I belong. And I'm Sarah. I'm sister number three. My husband and I have lived in the small town of Walla Walla, Washington for the last 10 years. I have four kids aged 14 to 5, and I co-own a local yarn shop. Like my sisters, I was raised Catholic. I was baptized, confirmed, and married in the Catholic Church. We were raised in an interfaith household with our mom being Catholic and our dad being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In adulthood, I've never consistently participated in a church. My husband was raised in a non-denominational, evangelical-ish Christian tradition with a father who was a minister in rural churches. We currently don't attend church at all, although all four of our kids have been baptized Catholic. It was something my husband supported, but doesn't really have any interest in participating in. I turned 40 this year, and I've spent a lot of time reflecting on different aspects of my life. When it comes to faith, I recognize that I have spent most of the years of my upper youth and adulthood with this desire to fit in and find a faith community, but there wasn't a youth group, a potluck, early morning seminary, or coffee hour that I didn't join in at least once. But in the end, I always found myself sitting in the pew, comforted by the ritual, but looking around and wondering, is it just me, or is everyone else pretending to? Hello, I'm a 39-year-old wife and mom of five girls, ranging in age from 2 to almost 17. For more than a decade, I've been striving to properly prioritize my family amidst a busy life. It's been a long, slow, messy process that's still in progress and has included a deeper understanding of faith as an adult. Growing up, I loved youth group and was drawn towards mass. As I transitioned to college, I missed having the sense of community and environment to grow in my faith that youth programs had provided in middle and high school. Mass continued to be important throughout my college and adult years, but as my family grew, it was more and more challenging to enter deeply into the liturgy, and I did not have a strong sense of a community with other Catholics to walk alongside and intentionally grow in the faith. Almost five years ago, I asked my priest about a specific Bible passage that caused tension based on the pressure I put on myself to get things right and fear of failure. As part of the conversation, he asked me, "'Do you love God most?' I replied yes, but then realized it flowed right off my tongue because it was the correct answer, but that it was not really the honest answer. 
I realized I wasn't even sure what that truly meant or how it would look in my day-to-day life, but it prompted me to explore the concept, leading me on a journey to make sense of my past, present, and future, and the purpose of life through a Catholic lens. It has made all the difference in better understanding my worth, setting boundaries in order to prioritize relationships, being more fulfilled in my career, and living with joy, even though there's still plenty of tensions to navigate in my daily life as a wife, mom, and teacher educator. So that was Amanda, and she was kind of the catalyst for this conversation. We have jokingly referred to her as Sister Mary Mandy for uh, a lot of years, because she's probably been the only one of the four of us that has been, had like a, like a real, like religious identity or um, relationship with God or the church that was consistent and that felt like genuine. And so a couple of weeks, she reached out to us via email and asked us if we would like to have some conversations about faith and not going to lie. At first I was like, Oh God, here it comes. She's going to try and convert us again. (laughs) But um, after (laughs) reflecting on it, I realized that actually it was probably the exact conversations that I've been like looking to have. And so we talked a little bit and realized that this is probably something that other people are struggling with also, whether you decide that you don't want to have like God isn't necessary in your life at all, or if you're just conflicted and trying to figure out how your relationship with God or a faith community is going to mesh with your like socio-political values. Um, Those are all the kinds of things that we're talking about. So a couple of disclaimers, none of us are theologians. None of us are biblical scholars. Uh, There will be occasional times that we uh, phone a friend. We have an aunt who is a real sister. Um, She is a Catholic nun. And so there'll be times that we ask for some guidance on what specific church teachings mean and how they can like intersperse into our lives. But for the most part, we, and we are also talking about just Christian faith traditions. We won't be going into any others because we don't have a deep enough understanding of any of them. Uh, as I, as faith became a bigger part of my life, as I explored more and better understood my Catholic faith and learned what my priest had said, as far as if God was the most important, then I recognized that that would mean that things were different in my day-to-day life. So as my faith became more important, then I, of course, wanted to share that with my sisters. As And when I sent the email, it was more just a curiosity to understand what their journey of faith was like, knowing that we all grew up in the same household. Um, there were some aspects of the Catholic faith, or a lot of aspects, that I didn't necessarily know until I was an adult, and I felt like I should have known them earlier when I was younger. And so... I've thought about this with my girls and thought it might apply to my sisters as well, just as far as I think it's good for people to know their faith well, so that then if they choose to leave, at least they know what they're walking away from. So there was some layer of wanting my sisters to see the beauty of the Catholic faith as I better understand it as an adult and to have that opportunity if they wanted to. And if they weren't interested, I wanted to, I was just curious to at least see what they think about faith or kind of what their journeys were. So that's why I sent the email. Yeah. So in that first conversation, I felt like we were able to have a pretty honest discussion and a respectful discussion because um, it's hard for Sherry and I both, this is Sarah, to not be sarcastic and sometimes a little bit mean. And so to not make it like a joke, because I think it's like a good, like it's definitely one of my defense mechanisms is to make something a joke if I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, 
And so we were able to have a really good conversation about some of the problems that we really see as far as um, how things don't do or don't line up with our sociopolitical beliefs, um, because there are obviously a lot of the things with the church that don't line up with a more liberal um, take on life. And so I felt like we were able to have a good conversation. And from there, that's when we decided what book to read for our first meeting. That's what I was always, I was thinking about that too, because I mean, for several years now, it feels like we all have some things in common, but it felt like sometimes the thing that was arguably one of the most important things in Mandy's life was like something we didn't really talk about, except for like Sarah and I to be sarcastic about. (laughs) And then, but to not really, I think for me, at least it was like, like Sarah was saying, it's a defense mechanism when you don't really want to talk about something or you feel like shame or embarrassment about like where you are, then you just, you know, obviously I, I use humor to deflect. And so I was pleasantly surprised at our conversation the first night when we talked about it. Cause I also felt like, I don't know, I walked away from that conversation feeling like it brought me back closer to the three, you know, to us as sisters, but also just like as adults talking about something other than our kids or, you know, just like the everyday. Um, and I didn't realize how much I was thinking about it subconsciously about my faith. Yeah. But not knowing yeah. what to say or who to talk to about it. Yeah. And, I'm yeah, like, and it I'm took good. a little bit well. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and it took a while for us to kind of each find our voices in the conversation because when I sent the email um, and Sarah had replied back saying, yes, we're willing to do this, but don't try to convert me. So I had kind of reflected on it of just, well, I'm just going to listen. And if they have questions, they can ask or like they, I was going to kind of leave it up that you guys would need to ask me for me to give input for the most part. But then when we came to the first meeting and the first things out of your mouth were like, so we thought this would be a great podcast and we already bought a website. Then it (laughs) took me a little bit, (laughs) took me a little bit to realize like, okay, well, if we're doing a podcast, then I would have more active role. But the first time we talked, I was still trying to navigate that. So they both talked and then they were like, well, you need to talk too. (laughs) So it's kind of figuring out. It was kind of figuring out how, like, where they were at and what they were authentically wanting from the conversations. And I realized that rather than it being, you know, don't convert me, it was more of a, we can have authentic conversations, but don't try to force something on me. Allow, like, I felt like it was more them wanting to be able to explore and kind of navigate it at their own speed, um, go in the directions they wanted to go which aligns well with what I believe about how people construct beliefs over time of being able to feel like they have the space to explore and be vulnerable and to hear different perspectives, but not feeling like they're forced to believe a certain thing. Yeah. And I think for me also, I am super interested in the Bible as a historical document. Like I'm interested in the stories of the Bible and the characters in the Bible, but not necessarily Um, like, I feel like I'm very interested in the history and the cultural context of the Bible. And so I'm excited to learn more about that. And I've spent the last couple of years, like reading more things, listening to the Bible bench podcast, um, and 
like doing air and moons devotionals and just reading different people's takes on like the Christian tradition. And I was listening to that podcast with Brene Brown and Sue Monk Kidd and Jen Hatmaker from last week. And I yes. thought it was really interesting when they said that there's such a focus now on the Easter Jesus and not Jesus, the man, like the flawed human being. So I thought that was a really interesting thing because I'm definitely interested in learning more about like the real stories without it being some romanticized like playbook for everybody to follow hundreds of years later. I'm mostly worried about what happens if I die in Iowa city and I never found a faith community and I have to have my funeral at the funeral home in that sad little room with the rented <laughs> chairs. And nobody's there to make you a bereavement dinner for your family. And no one can make my bereavement dinner and there's no church gym because I don't belong to a church. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of um, it for us this week. We just wanted to give you guys a little idea of who we are and what we're going to be discussing around the coming time. I don't know what frequency we'll record with or if anybody will even listen, but we're going to keep going. So thanks. Thanks for listening.